So this week we are covering a battle under the sea, uh, just like the news from a few weeks back. <laughs> Which brings me to my joke. Um, I never give a warning, and today's no different. What's the difference between my wife and an Ocean Gate submersible? Are you sure you want to do this? Yeah, I'm there. <laughs> Go on, then. Why is it? Nothing. The banging has stopped for us both. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, oh, mate. I, I think I, I think I sank too low this time. Oh, that, and that he's was, still going. It was subhuman behaviour from me. I, I'd be crushed if I upset some of our listeners. <laughs> you are the worst. You are literally the worst. I know. <laughs> My Dixie wreck. <laughs> Guess we're ready for the show then. The writing is atrocious, not a single joke come even close to remotely landing or being funny. I don't know why, but that is extremely interesting to me. <laughs> I'm into that kind of thing. Get to the chopper. Sorry. I feel like we're so spoiled by the internet these days. Thankfully, this does wrap up quite quickly. Step, step back, step, step back. You're gonna fuck up in a minute. I'm gonna set your place on fire. Let's get higher. How do you know about these people? And what the fuck is this pattern? This effect made me want to die. This couldn't make its mind up on what it wanted to be. Get a little bit of gasoline. I'm gonna make it burn, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it burn, let's go. I'm gonna make it burn, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it burn. Hello and welcome to a very special edition of the You Run Podcast Horror Movie Review. My name is Scott. Uh, my name is Mark. And this is the Super Interactive Horror Movie Review Show. Well, normally it's a horror movie review show. Today it's something different. Uh, I'm going to tell you a story that started about 18 months ago. It was a conversation between me and Mark that happened off air about the... Greatest shark move, greatest shark move, greatest shark movie ever made. Um, if you already listen, you know, I think that is Jaws and Mark thinks that is Deep Blue Sea. And this astounded me. And we've bickered and digged at each other for almost two years, which kind of left us where we are now, putting the two against each other. Um, we've asked for all of your feedback on this episode, and this has been the most interactive episode we have ever done by a country mile. Wow. Really? Yeah. I mean, we, we've had hundreds of comments. We've had hundreds of direct messages. We've had voicemails. We have had so much involvement, and not just from people who get involved with the show every single week, but people who never get involved in the show, have chimed in on this going, what's this shit? Yeah, yeah man, I know people really don't like Jaws that much, do they? <laughs> no, we're getting there soon. <laughs> um, we've done this before. So last time we put Nightmare on Elm Street franchise head-to-head with Halloween. And it still hurts. Halloween won by three Clearly. points. It was three points. It was, it, was three. it was more than that. It was three, maybe 33. I can't remember. Halloween <laughs> uh, is what I remember from that episode. I cannot and I will not let you go 2-0 up. I don't think you really have a saying this, to be honest <laughs> with you. Uh, 
I was shocked how many people believe that LL Cool J and Sam L. Jackson action movie are better than Jaws. That's all I'm saying going into this. It's not an action movie. It, it is. Um, there are some format changes this week. Uh, we still have three word reviews. We have your scores. We have a host of comments and voicemails, but we have some things that are gone and you'll kind of pick it up as you go along. I, I don't need to explain it to you. You're not, you're not idiots. Our, our listeners are very, very clever. We have got a whole host of messages. Not all of them are relating to this episode, uh, one of which I'm going to play straight away um, because it's nothing to do with this episode, but I feel that it just needs to be shared. Probably for me again, isn't it? Now, on yeah, Creepshow, not the superior Creepshow. Creepshow 2 is better. Sue me. Anyway, Mark, you are referring to Tom Atkins. He is a delight, a dream. He's awesome. He's wonderful. He's a, a he's so sweet. He plays dicks in movies and kind of pedophilic things going on with the younger women. But no, he's really super nice. Anyway, it's Tom Atkins. Bye. Oh, yeah. I don't know why I never referred back to his name. I said at the beginning, I was like, oh, I'll remember his name. And then. Yeah, you, you were really mean to Tom Atkins. I'm always mean to Tom Atkins. I do not like that guy. I'm uh, sure he's a lovely gentleman in real life, but... He is. Well, Heather wasn't done with you anyway, because Heather does what she quite often does, is she says a message, and then when she puts the phone down, she does... You know when you have an argument, and you think it's <laughs> really good to say after the argument's over? Heather does that, but then she calls back. <laughs> um, also, before I finish this episode, I feel like I'm going to have to constantly stop and scream at you, Mark, especially you. <laughs> Like, Tom Atkins is not a weirdo creep like John Travolta. Yuck city. He's not Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Look, he just plays these characters really well. I think, like, have you seen Night of the Creeps? Night of the Creeps is a movie that you need to watch with Tom Atkins, and it is fucking sensational. Okay, bye. I'm going to finish listening. I have seen Night of the Creeps. Night of the Creeps is awesome, and he's actually quite cool in that. He's kind of like the cop. He's Martin Riggs from Lethal Weapon. I, I was on about Night of the Creeps in the episode, but I think I actually called it Night of the Comet out of reference. Yeah, you did. But I was referring to Night of the Creeps. That's the one that I actually was trying to say. And I can't remember if that made the episode or if that's part of the 14 minutes that got cut that we have every week that never gets aired. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Do, may, maybe... Heather, I'm very sorry. I don't mean to upset or offend you, but Tom Atkins is weird. That is the fact of it. Oh, there's, there's another call next week. Uh, <laughs> um, anyway, how this episode is going to work is we're going to put the two movies against each other in different categories. We've got listeners' comments. We've got scores. We'll be scoring each other's movies so it's not biased because if I score Jaws, everything gets a 10. If Mark scores Deep Blue Sea, he'll lie to himself and everything gets a 10. So we're going to let you decide it. Um, I wanted to get us both suitably fired up so I went and searched the, the web and brought back a feature of one-star reviews of five-star movies. I love this. These people need to be found and locked in a room together. <laughs> uh, would you like the one-star review of Deep Blue Sea or the one-star review of Jaws first? I'll, I'll go with the Jaws first, I think. Okay, so this comes from... Oh, I'm not even going to say where it comes from because people will go and find this person to be horrible. So... I've seen some terrible movies in my time, but this one really takes the prize as one of the worst. As for suspense, I'm more scared of Monsters, Inc. 
and the shark is so fake and unrealistic, it's pathetic. At least Deep Blue Sea had sharks that looked real could actually install some element of fear in the viewer. And the actors looked embarrassed starring in the film as I was watching it. I swear to God, I did not write that. <laughs> I agree with him wholeheartedly, but I did no, not you write do, it. No, you do not agree with him wholeheartedly. <laughs> I, 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 think it's, I think it's fair now for us both to say that I don't hate Deep Blue Sea. No. And you, you don't hate Jaws. Of course not. It's just I think Jaws is better and you think Deep Blue Sea is better. That That's where yes. it is. Yeah. yeah that's where um, we're at. The Deep Blue Sea one-star review. This is a short film that makes people with talent want to shoot themselves. <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson is barely allowed to make much of an impression. The lead female is punished for being ambitious, educated and or British. And the special effects are weak. The ending is Hollywood Limburger at its stinkiest. Throw this one back. Ooh, wow. I mean, did that guy actually even watch the film? She's not punished for being female or being British. She's punished for being an absolute fucking psychopath and messing with shark genetics. Yeah, she, she's punished for playing Dr. Frankenstein is what she's punished for. <laughs> yeah, not because she's female or British. <laughs> I, if she if she was like not doing if she wasn't genetically modifying the sharks. And then she still got punished in the same way, then yes, maybe because she was British and female. But the fact she's making a monster to get her goals, that's why she's punished. Yeah, I feel like that guy has missed a lot from this movie. It would be more offensive for her to survive this ordeal, I think. Yeah, I kind of did want her to survive because two suffered without her. Yeah, but two we don't need to talk about two well i'm going to oh. try my best to avoid talking about two. Oh, that's good because we've got a section on sequels later so you try <laughs> avoiding it in that section <laughs> um, we're going to keep things kind of how we always do let's start with some scores so we're going to score jaws first of all and we get, we're going to score it the listeners have scored it imdb and letterbox have scored it and for every single point they score the movie gets a point it's that simple so let's do Jaws first, as it's older and better. Um, I'm going to score Jaws a 10 out of 10. Uh, do you, am I doing 10 out of 10s, or can I stick with my 5 out of 5s? No, you, you stick with your scores. Yeah, I will score Jaws a 4.5 out of 5. 4.5 out of 5, okay. Um, I have my issues. Really? Okay, we'll get to them as we go <laughs> through, no doubt. Um, the listeners scored it an 8 out of 10. IMDb scored it 8.1 out of 10. And Letterbox scored it less than you with a 4 out of 5. Oh, that's surprising. I, I was surprised. I was surprised. And I, I did almost go, like, I, I almost brought Amazon back this week because Amazon scored it 5. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been so pissed off with you if you'd have done that. <laughs> uh, so Jaws gets a total of 34.6 points in round one. Uh, oh, I didn't now, know my score contributed to the score as well. Yeah. Can I go back and change it? No. Oh. Uh, now for Deep Blue Sea. Um, you can score this one first. 5 out of 5. Okay, uh, I'm going to score this a 9 out of 10. So Ooh, it's, That's more than I expected from you, I'll be honest. It's not a bad movie, I really enjoy it. So our scores are exactly the same then, really, for each of these films. Kind of, yeah. Um, the listeners scored it a 7 out of 10. IMDb scored it 5.9 out of 10. Ooh. And Letterboxd scored it 2.8 out of 10. No way! I know, absolutely. Oh. 
savage. I would say all of those scores are massively under what they should be. Yeah, definitely. I two point eight. That's like, I think you scored Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey a two. So that's like point eight better than Winnie the Pooh. I mean, seriously. Jaws <laughs> <laughs> um, is obviously in the lead, um, which I think is going to be a theme throughout this episode, but we, we will find out. Uh, let's dive into our first round, shall we? So our first round is best soundtrack. Yes. So soundtrack of a movie is important. It's something you and me have said numerous times that a soundtrack can make the difference between an iconic movie and a pile of trash. The Jaws soundtrack is about as iconic as they come. It appears in every single list you will ever see of the most iconic musical scores. However, Dewey Podmonster uh, from the Dewey Podmonster podcast pointed out that Deepest Bluest Shark Fin by LL Cool J is a banger and never appeared in Jaws. Therefore, Deep Blue Sea has this in the bag. My man. Yes, man. <laughs> uh, he, he is a huge fan of LL Cool J. I don't even think he likes Deep Blue Sea, but he loves LL Cool J. That song as well, though, man. Deepest Bluest slaps. Honestly, that is a jam. It it, it does slap. I, there's not much to talk about in this category. This is like a, well, we use this as a warm-up category. No, so, I, have, I have things to say. I have my gripes. I wait, have major beef with Jaws to go. Fuck off. What beef have you got major with Major beef. Major what? beef. It's what, probably one of the biggest reasons why it got deducted a point from my overall score. No. Now, don't get me wrong. John Williams is a legend. He does no wrong. Da, da. Perfect. Da, perfect. Da, da. The okay. most tension film score you could ever put behind any film. It yeah. It's perfect. Okay. But it's not the only score in that film, though, is it? And it's fucking massively out of place, the rest of the score that goes with that film. The Jurassic Park slash Goonies shit that comes in throughout the rest of the film. It's weird. It is so strange, man, and so jarring. In a film that's so tension-filled and so sort of like straight-laced and based heavily on character development, you get this weird score that keeps bouncing up in proper random places as well. Like, they're doing like a journey across the ocean, and you get this light-hearted, like it's going on an adventure score that just doesn't fit. It's weird. And not only that, though, but the the scene at the end where Rum Tum Tucker gets beaten by the shark... You know which one I mean? Yeah. Yeah. There isn't even a score to that section. It's the most impactful scene in the entire film, and it is just dead silence. Yeah. Someone fucked up there. Yeah, I I get the bit the, the bit you're talking about. I, I know exactly what you're saying. So when they all get on the orca and they're they're heading out to sea to go catch the shark, it's one step away from going da 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 Weird, man. It's so weird. Yeah, okay. And it keeps cropping up throughout in numerous places, and it's awful. I don't like that at all. But again, the initial John Williams score, the Jaws theme, is powerful, man, and it is used in everything. And no matter what you're doing or where you are, if you hear those first two beats, you know exactly what that is, and that shows how powerful that, that score is. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I, I do have grapes. There's remote places in the world you could walk into a little village and go, da-da, and they would instantly know that's Jaws. Yeah, although now it's kind of the intro to Baby Fong, Baby Pong, Daddy <laughs> Shark. Yeah, so you might go, da-da, and they'll go, Baby Shark. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> I don't know how they got the licensing to do that. It's slightly different. Is it? Only just. 
barely enough to get it through copyright. Basically. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's naughty. Um, so we've done these on a poll. So we're going to do percentages. So, for example, if Jaws got 50% of the vote, it will be awarded five points and Deep Blue Sea would get five points. If it was 70-30 or whatever, they get a point for every 10% they get, basically. Okay. So the listeners scored this. 70% said Jaws was better. So... Jaws gets seven points, yep. and that gives Deep Blue Sea the remaining three points. I'm going to score the Deep Blue Sea soundtrack. Um, I can't lie. Shark's fin slaps a lot. Cause it is. But that's actually a soundtrack, but the actual theme of Deep Blue Sea as well is pretty impressive. You must give it that. Yeah, the musical score throughout Deep Blue Sea is good. It's, yeah. there's, no, there's no getting away from it, and I, I give it an eight out of ten. Brilliant. So you now get to score Jaws's score. If this is not a nine or a ten, I may have to just hang up on you and finish the episode <laughs> on my own. I, I, I would be lying to myself if it wasn't a ten. It is a ten, but you, I, I only wanted to draw attention to this stuff that did annoy me throughout that film. But the actual Jaws theme itself is undeniably one of the greatest scores to ever be created. And I'm comparing that to John Carpenter's Halloween as well, by the way. Yeah, it's, it's definitely up there. Um Round one in the bag. Let's jump straight into round two, casting. Uh, my notes for casting consist of, let's talk about casting. So this episode is very, very unscripted. Where would you like to start? Would you like to start with the iconic casting of Jaws? Or would you like to start with the phoned-in performance from Samuel L. Jackson? <laughs> um, no, we'll go Jaws first. Let me Hit me with your best shot on Jaws for casting. Roy Schneider is perfect as Brody. He's got the... Everyone goes for Quint and goes, Quint's brilliant and Robert Shaw's amazing. And yes, he is. But Robert Shaw and Richard Dreyfus, without Brody's character, without Roy Schneider, are nothing. They're useless. Roy Schneider is the glue that ties everything together from the arsehole mayor through to those two, through to the cast, through the rest of the cast, through to even extras, he interacts with everyone. I think he's his performance in this is Oscar-level good. I'm not going to disagree with you on that. He's absolutely fantastic. He doesn't look very well in the sequel, though. I watched that part two the other day. Well, <laughs> yeah. He, <laughs> he, like, he's, like, really, like, lost all the weight, and he's, like, <laughs> he was Contractually obliged for two. Yeah, okay, we'll get to that uh, later on. Yeah, um, <laughs> very, very much not wanting to be there. <laughs> no, well, with the casting for Jaws, you're right. I mean, I'm not very familiar with any of the actors outside of this film, if I'm honest with you. Um, I found Brody, you're going to have to refresh me on the actual actor's name for these. So Brody. I've gone Robert blank. Schneider. Roy Schneider. Roy Schneider, yeah. Again, he's, he's brilliant in this role. He plays a perfect New York cop, sort of fish out of water in this little island. I think his performance is fantastic. By far, my favourite is Hopper in the whole entire film. He he is one hell of a character in that story. He really, really is. And Rumtum Tucker as well. I really like him. I thought he was fantastic. But it's not necessarily their performances as individuals what make this film what it is. It's the collective chemistry between the three core cast that really outshines everything. I mean, this Jaws isn't a film about a shark. I'm going to be completely honest with you. This is a very character-driven film. 
it, it and is. they are the main focus. And without their performances, this film would have flopped quite easily. Yeah, it definitely would. And I have one issue with the casting, which I know I'm not alone. Um, the small boy who gets eaten. His mother is about 70. <laughs> about 103 years old. Yeah. <laughs> she comes back in Jaws the Revenge as well. I was like, how are you still alive? Uh, did you th- is like 35 in this film. Surely <laughs> you are dead now. There's a really cool story. So the guy, who, or the boy who played the little, who was the little kid, um, when he grew up, he went and opened a restaurant. And one of the dishes on the menu was a Jaws-themed dish. And the woman who played his mum, coming to the restaurant, not knowing it was his restaurant, sat down and went, oh, that's really cool. I'll order that. And he brought it out. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, how amazing. What an amazing reunion that would have been. I'd like to know, though, how old she actually was in this film, or whether it was just because she looked older than her age, or whether she was just terribly miscast. I think she was done up to look older. She was meant to look like an older mum. And I mean, again, though, it's not like older mums. Do you know what I mean? She could have adopted this child. She could have fostered this child. There's no... Yeah, and... It's a, it's, it's a weird thing to pinpoint and say, you're too old to have children, but... Again, it, 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 it is jarring. And if you cast it in a modern day, she would have been a MILF with her tits half hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Deep Blue Sea cast. Yeah, boy. Where are you going? Where's your strength in this cast? Uh, oh, man, Thomas Jane is without doubt the key factor in my in my arsenal for this one. And Michael Rappaport as well. I love me some Michael Rappaport. I think he's hilarious. He's great. Thomas Jane, I'm going to ask you something now because I noticed it because I watched Deep Blue Sea back to back with a Sharknado movie. Does he remind you of a cast member from Sharknado? Very much so. (laughs) Very much so. I have to feel like the whole Sharknado franchise is just built upon Jaws and Deep Blue Sea. Yeah, they sat and watched. But I think that's something they sit down and go... Right, we're going to watch all of the Jawses and all of the Deep Blue Seas, and we're going to pluck out all the ideas we need, and then we're going to make another Sharknado, okay? And that, that must be exactly how it is done. And the part where they interjected dinosaurs into it, I was like, oh, shit, fucking, we're running out of Jaws and Deep Blue Sea films. What else we got on the shelf? Oh, oh, Jurassic Park's up there. Get that one. Bring that one down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, look, Star Wars is up there. Get that as well. <laughs> Um, no I mean to be fair though to Deep Blue Sea the casting is actually rather solid I mean you've got yourself a Skarsgård in there that's always good yeah Samuel Jackson you've got Thomas Jane Saffron Burroughs who plays um, Dr. Susan yeah she I don't know her from anything other than this film I'll be honest with you she's an American British actor I don't really know a great deal about her but I thought she was fantastic in this she gives a really solid performance I really warm to her character she has that great contrasting sort of I'm a bitch and you're not supposed to like me but you can't help but like her because she's very sexy yeah she's kind of got that and it I think with this like even with Samuel L Jackson this is not his best performance no but he's clearly just getting a paycheck out of this. Yeah, but it's Samuel L. Jackson. He's a little bit like Michael Caine in Jaws the Revenge. He's of that calibre that even when he phones it in, he outshines everyone around him. Yeah, definitely. It, it, his monologue is one step away from the Pulp Fiction monologue. And as well, that is so perfectly timed the way he dies because his monologue becomes so fucking boring by the time he gets to the end of it. It's like everyone on set was like, you know what? We'll just fucking edit a shark in on this bit because this guy is just going on for too long now. 
<laughs> I, I, I've always wondered this with Samuel L. Jackson. I'd love to know how much of his lines are ad-libbed because I get a feeling a lot of what he does is just him being let to do what he does. I would have thought so. It'd be like, hey, Samuel, here's like a brief idea of where we want you to take this, but just say motherfucker a few times. He doesn't say it in Deep Blue Sea, not once. I reckon he would have done it if he didn't get eaten. <laughs> what would have been great is as the shark took him back into the water, he goes, motherfucker. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to give this a score. So my score for Deep Blue Sea for casting is 10 out of 10. I fucking love this cast. I adore them. Every single one of them is great. I can't knock any of their acting ability. It's it, They're great. It's a 10 out of 10. Thank you very much. What I will say as well, a little tidbit for you. Do you know the parrot? <laughs> yeah. Obviously, that's not actually a talking parrot. It's an actor who voices a parrot. The guy who voices a parrot is Fred from the Scooby-Doo cartoons. Wow. <laughs> not only that, though, but this guy is that sort of well-known in like the voice actoring world. He voices pretty much every Transformer from the Transformers cartoons. He's like Megatron and all of them. He's literally all of the Transformers. That must be a really lonely task, doing scenes where all three are talking to each other. Yeah, like if you just Google the IMDb for the Transformers cartoon, it's literally just one guy voicing everything. But yeah, he's the parrot. He's the parrot in Deep Blue City. That's amazing. What are you scoring Jaws on cast? It's the Tower 10. Okay. Like I thought, it's going to be the listeners who separate us. To my shock... 60% 60% of our audience prefer Deep Blue Sea. In terms of casting? In terms of casting. Yeah, amen to that, man. That's cool. But so, yeah, you've got you've, LL Cool J is awesome in this film. LL Cool J is incredibly funny. The bit where he's locked in his own oven, he's like, you going to lock me in my own oven? i got plans, <laughs> bitch. And he's like hammering away. <laughs> he, he gets a lot of laughs from me. And the fact that he's like, He's a preacher and he doesn't drink. And then when everything goes to hell, he's like sipping out of his little hip flask. And then like the first time he takes a sip, like the whole thing shakes. He looks up at God. He's like, look, man, I'm under a lot of pressure. <laughs> he's very cool. He has some of the best moments of comedic timing in this. And um, he's seen as well. One of my favorite things he does is when he's going to leave that message to his family. And then he starts describing the perfect omelet. I'm like, oh, that is fucking brilliant. Yeah, he's like, so let this be my legacy. The secret for a perfect omelet <laughs> is two eggs, not three. This is a mistake yeah. amateurs often make. Yeah. So cool. The thing is, though, if you were going to leave something behind in that scenario, what would it be you would leave behind? Um, man, it certainly wouldn't be the password for my computer history. I know D- that delete much. my browser history. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should have a message. Let's let someone wade in on this. So I put lots out on this. This has been going for months and months and months. I've been trickling out content for Jaws versus Deep Blue Sea. Um, We got something from TikTok. Um, We got positive comments or both, kind of. And we got some stuff from Twitter as well. Let's start with Twitter. At voila. My favorite genre of shark movies is silly ones. Bad CGI sharks, mega shark versus mecha shark. That sounds cool. Sharks of the corn, etc., etc. But even I know Jaws reigns supreme. 
the suspense, the political horror, Bruce. What more is there to say? Yeah. Styrofoam sharks should not be taking the win on this. Well, let's let's give you one back. So Dewey Pod Monster, deepest bluest sea is the best. But Jaws will probably win. No, have faith. Have faith, my friend. I've got you on this. I, I've I'm trying to stay as honest as I can and be respectful to Jaws, but I will, <laughs> we will reign supreme, I promise. Uh, that's a bold claim. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we also got a, a TikTok stitch. Uh, so this comes from an account called Movie Madness on TikTok. Um, their account's really cool, and they do loads of like really good reviews and in-depth conversations. They're a great account. Um, yeah, let me show you what they had to say. I love the movie. I do. It's a great film. But when you're going up against one of the most amazing masterpieces of a film, Jaws, was hands down, still is, the GOAT when it comes to shark movies. All these movies take after Jaws to some degree. To some degree. So... Jaws is the grandfather, and Deep Blue Sea, as great as that film is, it, it's taken after his grandfather. You know, he's like, well, I saw my grandfather on a lot damn near everything, so let me try and do the same thing. I enjoyed what we got with Deep Blue Sea. Nothing will ever be better than Jaws, when it comes to a damn shark movie, Jaws will always, forever, for all eternity, be the better film. You heard it here first from your boy, Archipelch. Yeah, buddy. How the fuck did you get Christopher Walker to call up and leave a message? <laughs> he's super cool and he's super laid back. And like when when he does his videos, he's like, He's there, like, with his shirt off, like, drinking a beer, and you can see he's got a movie going to them. This guy is so chilled and cool. <laughs> so chilled and cool. Very cool. Uh, Very cool. Well, I've come prepared, too. I have my own message. People don't so message you. People, people message me when it's about Deep Blue Sea, they do. Is that because they didn't want to message me in case it just didn't make the episode? <laughs> I may have had to reach out to some people for backup on this. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Here you go. Hey guys, it's Skelly here for Team Deep Blue Sea. All right, Scott, I'm sorry, but I, I love classics, as you know, but genetically, you know, engineered sharks, come on, that does some scary-ass shit right there, <laughs> like dead set. But also, come on, Samuel L. Jackson getting killed mid-montage, whatever the hell he's doing, come on, you, you can't get any better than that. Seriously, bro. Seriously, bro. Ah. Oh. I I really like Skelly. Skelly's like one of my favourite people, but Skelly, you're wrong. Oh yeah, I went the juggling with the people I got to help me out on this. Oh, that 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 cuts deep. It cuts. <laughs> uh, to to be fair, me me and Skelly quite often disagree on movies, and Skelly's one of these people who's really respectful. So like, it, it, we will disagree wildly on a a movie, and she won't ever go, "You're a fucking idiot. You're wrong." She's like, "Well, that's cool. If that's what you think, that's great." But I think this, she's really good to have a conversation with. She never like goes, you're wrong. But she just did then. <laughs> <laughs> she fully time-cutted on you then. <laughs> she really, really did. Uh, um, oh, I'm a little bit hurt. Let's talk sequels. Yay. So these movies spawned 
a lot of sequels. Deep Blue Sea had Deep Blue Sea 2 and Deep Blue Sea 3, which was my first watch this week. Jaws had Jaws 2, Jaws 3D and Jaws the Revenge. To make it fair, obviously I've got more movies than you. I'm going to get more points. You may pick one of the Jaws sequels to eliminate from scoring. Um, I will eliminate... I'll play it fair. I will eliminate Jaws the Revenge. How's that playing it fair? Jaws the Revenge is a great movie. I've already got your score for Jaws the Revenge from when we've done it. <laughs> I didn't even score it, did I? No. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So we'll play no contention on that. We'll, we'll, we'll eliminate Jaws the Revenge and we'll just focus on the core trilogy. Yeah, okay. That, that, that's fine. Um, Deep Blue Sea 2, explain to me what the fuck that is. Right, so Deep Blue Sea is a very, very strange one. I've only ever watched that film once, and I refuse to go back and watch it again. It's a standalone sequel and actually has no bearing or relevance to the first one. This is a standalone sequel and is a whole new thing. Um, it has no tie into the first film. But it's the same sort of premise. It's genetically modified sharks. This time it's bull sharks instead of great whites. Um, it's weird. It's basically just people trapped in like some sort of underground submarine. But instead of being decent big sharks, it's just loads of tiny little koi carp that attack everybody. <laughs> it's like basically like piranhas, but they're supposed it, to be sharks. It's awful. It's, it's like awful. Per, the way I described it to because I I made Lisa watch that this week. So the way I described it to Lisa, it's piranha 3D without the boobs and fun. Yeah, that's pretty much it. It really yeah. is. It's bad. It's really, really, really bad. But it's relevant to the third one. Yeah, it is relevant to the third but one. But you shouldn't and... have to endure that to get to the success that the third one is. And unfortunately, no. because part two was so bad, the decent sequel that came after it never got any recognition because of it. No, and it deserves it. Deep Blue C 3, I love awesome. I was genuinely like, wow. That this final scene at the end with the cage is just that like meat chomper cage thing is just fantastic. It's really, really good sequel. And again, there's three little tiny baby sharks that escape at the end of the second one. But baby then by the time we get shark, round to part, <laughs> I wonder how many times we're going to do baby shark in this episode. <laughs> do you want a baby shark count? <laughs> no, because I'm going to try and keep it to a minimum. Um, <laughs> By the time we get to the part three, they're all grown and big, giant, massive bull sharks. And yeah, it's an and, awesome people. And, and the scene where you... And stuff. Yeah, and like the scenes you get where you get like the overhead shots and you get all three sharks coming in looks yeah. very similar to what they've just done in the Meg 2 trailer where you've got three Megs coming in. It oh, is there a new Meg 2 trailer? Yeah, it's, it's only got a couple of extra little bits, but there's a scene where you can see three giant Megs and all three of their... It's exactly the same scene from Deep Blue Sea 3. In wow, the Meg cool. 2 I seen that yet. Yeah, really, really cool. Um, Jaws 2 is not great. I'm going to put my hands up now. It is nowhere near Jaws. And you can tell from the way it's shot down to the cast. The cast don't want to be there. You can see in Roy Schneider's face, he's like, fuck this movie. Every scene he's got. <sighs> like, you can see the difference in quality in his acting. So like it takes a while for him to arrive in Jaws 2. And then when he arrives, he's like, yeah, hey, there's just nothing about him. I'm not a fan of Jaws 2. No, and I'll be honest with you, the disappointing thing about Jaws 2 is, on paper, it's fucking great. 
Yeah. It's a really, really cool story, and there's a lot of really good elements to it. The 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 change in Brody's character from part one to part two is fantastic. He would inevitably be suffering from this sort of PTSD trauma that he's going through and drinking excessively. He gets fired for the for his behavior because he's jumping to conclusions and not playing it by the book. It all was a shock. Fantastic. Yeah, all <laughs> of that is fantastic. It's really, really, really good story, but it's just executed so badly. And they spend so much time focusing on introducing this younger team cast, but none of them are likable. There's no character development between any of them. And there's so much time spent away from the people that we actually care about from the first film Yeah, that it just feels so washed out by this bullshit. And the fact that Hopper didn't return as well was just fucking uh, heartbreaking. So you messaged me about... <laughs> Uh, I, I'm hoping Hopper's going to arrive, and then you message me when like he got the phone call. You're like, oh no! <laughs> because for me, one of my favourite elements of Jaws is that sort of laddish, friendly bantery friendship that him and Brody have throughout that yeah. entire film. I know Rumtum Tucker's there as well, and he comes into it quite a lot. But the fact that those two like develop this, you can almost see the like brother relationship between the two of them, the way they're laughing and joking between each other. His absence in the sequel was devastating to the film, I think. Yeah, his absence in the sequel was he knew when to get out and he wasn't. He was contractually obliged to do what he'd done. Yeah. Basically. Um, Jaws 3, my guilty pleasure movie of the franchise. I love <laughs> Jaws 3. I love Jaws 3, but not for the right reasons. <laughs> Jaws 3 is effectively Deep Blue Sea. No, it's not. The sharks swim backward out of a tunnel. Oh, I was supposed to go back and watch that bit because I didn't catch it on my first. Yeah, it gets caught in like the motor room, and all of a sudden the shark like backs up. The only thing that's missing is boop, boop, boop. <laughs> <laughs> and like w- when I watched it this time, and the shark swam backwards, I was like, "Oh my god, it's." T- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but mine is proved by science. Yours is just sharks can't do that. Mine is being <laughs> genetically altered to and enable so it-, it to have the skill set to do that. Um, have you ever had the privilege to watch it in 3D? No, and this is what I was going to ask, because that final act to me is fucking mind-blowing, is where they're all in the underwater tank and you've got Dennis Quaid, who plays Michael, or grown-up Michael. Again, the casting, I like Dennis Quaid, and I liked him in this role, but I struggled to believe that he was Sheriff Brody's son. That's Anyway, that's by the by. But the, the final act, where they're in that underwater facility and you get the 3D shark coming towards the glass cage and it looks yeah. fucking awful. But then when he hits the glass and the glass sort of like implodes <laughs> into the room and then they do that Austin Powers freeze frame where they all in slow motion go, no, or do they yeah. say shark or something like that. But then the glass breaks through and then no water comes through with it either. Yeah, it's brilliant. I mean, I like the how shot does that... that look in 3D, realistically? What's, what's... So it, I know quite a lot about this movie. So just quickly, um, Dennis Quaid has no memory of making Jaws 3 because Dennis Quaid had a very, very, very expensive cocaine habit at the time and has been interviewed numerous times. Like, I remember nothing of set. I remember nothing of the movie. I've never watched it. Was it any good? Was this not like his first role? Because he's very young in this. No, he'd done a couple of other bits before this, but he was heavily, heavily medicated, self-medicated <laughs> throughout. Um, but the 3D, so the director wanted it to be a very subtle 3D. And if you watch like the, the normal shots when you're in the ocean, you get like this little bit of depth and it just gives it a little bit of something. 
And then the producers come along and went, ah, oh, so this is how 3D works. So I can get like this fish head to float all the way out and almost touch their nose. And you, you can see the visual effects bloke going, yeah, you can do that. And they've gone, great, <laughs> let's do that. And like some of the shots, like, you know when you get like the sub and it's borderline like yellow submarine just bobbing across the screen? Yeah, there's a point where the front of it just disappears due to like poor rendered graphics. It's really bad. So, so when you've got that, when you're watching it, you're almost trying to move your head to see what else is going on the screen because they've brought the 3D so far out of the TV screen. Is that why it's got like that weird line around it? As if it yeah, was like the, someone's highlighted it. Is it because the, they've generated it too much in terms of the 3D ratio? Yeah, it's the blue and red line around it. And I think depending on how that ratio depends on how far it comes out. But some and of the underwater scenes in the tunnel as well, are they supposed to be 3D? Because they're very weird. Everything in it is 3D. You've got a 3D depth to everything. And then occasionally you'll just get like a random item that will almost smack you in the mouth. Ah, uh, that explains a lot. See, I've never really watched a 3D film with those sort of blue and red glasses, so I don't know how impactful they are. I remember having those glasses and you could read, like, comic books and stuff with them when you was a kid. Yeah. They were fucking dog shit, man, I'll be honest. They were never looked 3D or anything. You just yeah. messed about with the glasses and you'd close one eye and see in red and then close the other eye and see in blue. That's about all I remember from them. <laughs> but, yeah, it's like that. Some of it's really good, some of it's really crap, but to watch it in 3D is a real experience and it's kind of a... I don't know, there's a real nostalgic element because I remember getting 3D glasses from the video store. Yeah. You'd go and rent a video like... Uh, I can't remember which Freddy it is. One of the Freddies was 3D. And yeah, you'd rent... it's a, Freddy's 3D. It's Freddy's dead. Yeah. Final Nightmare, because that, that has a similar sort of... Yeah, red and approach, green. doesn't it? Yeah, and you'd, you'd yeah. go and rent when the video... Freddy's head explodes at the end, it, <laughs> it looks shit. <laughs> it does look shit, yeah. Um, but yeah, th- that was... That was Jaws three, and uh, I, I I love Jaws three. It's so stupid. It it rides the line of Sharknado, Jaws three. Yeah, and again, like it's an absolutely atrocious film. It's an abomination to the Jaws franchise. I'll be perfectly honest with you, but it's fucking wildly entertaining when you're watching it for all it, the wrong reasons. That British character who's supposed to be like the guy from Jumanji, who's in <laughs> Robin Williams. I think this dude, man, all the way throughout. It's like. God, <laughs> I am here to hunt the shark, and his assistant <laughs> is brilliant. Is his assistant he, fantastic? It's when he dies, he's like, he's not coming back. <laughs> no, and he's in tears. He's like, oh no, I'm not getting paid anymore. <laughs> uh, uh, um, I'm going to score your sequels first. So, Deep Blue Sea Two gets a one out of ten. That movie's fucking dire. That's generous. Um, Deep Blue Sea 3 gets an 8 out of 10. It's not as good as Deep Blue Sea, but I did really, really, really enjoy it. Yep. Um, what have you got for mine? Um, again, mine are out of 5. So I'm going to score Jaws 2 a 3 out of 5. I think there is a lot of interesting ideas within this film. I think that it would have... Had everybody been as enthusiastic about it as they should have been, i.e.g. the cast the writers and the editors had focused a little bit more time on the central characters rather than trying to introduce new characters. At its core, there is a lot of meat that could be well fleshed out given the right hands. Had Steven Spielberg come back and taken the reins, maybe we would have had something a little bit different. It would have maybe been more of a passion project than than what we actually got, which turned out to be more of a cash grab than anything else. I like the way that it followed straight on from Jaws, though. I didn't 
you mentioned about the editing and the camera work feeling different, but I didn't necessarily feel that. It kind of I watched them in sync, so I watched Jaws one and then immediately went into Jaws two, and it it, it was difficult to separate the two in terms of quality of the production. It was more just the overall aesthetic and as well the shark in jaws 2 is fucking awesome yeah the burnt scars on his face and shit i was like man you are you are menacing i really like a scary shark shark. yeah Yeah, it was very very cool so it's a three out of five and that's a very respectable score because it does have massive flaws but there is a lot of potential within that film had it been given that extra little nudge and again jaws 3 it's a three out of five it's not and it shouldn't be and it doesn't deserve it but it's it's very entertaining, and I always base my scores on entertainment value. I will watch Jaws 3 probably more times now in the future than I will ever go back and watch Jaws. Jaws, Jaws 3 is a summer watch for me and Lisa every year. It's yeah. a, oh, it's quite hot outside. Oh, I've got a cold drink. Let's watch Jaws 3. Yeah, it's, it's, it's that so kind fun. of film. Yeah, it really, really is. Um, listeners, so we again polled this. Um, 50% said Jaws sequels were better. 30% said Deep Blue Sea was better. 20% said neither <laughs> had decent sequels. <laughs> oh, man, you fucking diehard fans. <laughs> I, I, I got I got a message. I'm not going to say who it's from. And they're like, why are you even discussing sequels? This is Jaws versus Deep Blue Sea, not franchise versus franchise. You've done that last time. (laughs) (laughs) No, you have to incorporate every element, of course. Yeah, I I agree. Um, Let's find out what the scariest of the two movies is. For fear, if we're talking, for me, real fear of something that is a potential real threat, the chance of me getting on a boat and going into the ocean or getting on a surfboard and going into the ocean or a pedalo, or anything like that, is fairly high. I was in the sea this weekend. The chances of me going to an underwater research facility in the middle of the ocean is pretty slim. Jaws terrifies me. Deep Blue Sea does not. But you say that, but you're basing that on a more realistic and grounded approach to the film. If you take that out of the equation and basing it on fear itself, I think Deep Blue Sea is a lot scarier than Jaws. There's a lot of jump scares. There's a lot more ferocity involved with the sharks and the location and again if these sharks got out of that facility bruce wouldn't stand a chance against these motherfuckers oh that that's a movie i want bruce there wouldn't be a movie these guys would just rip it to shreds you saw what it did to that tiger shark in the opening scene yeah but you know that bruce blew up in jaws one right and he comes back in jaws the revenge bruce can regenerate he's wolverine powers that is not the same fucking shark. <laughs> it's no meant way. to be the same shark. No way. <laughs> it is. Do you know what? I actually read in Jaws the Revenge, the novelized the novelized version of it is because it was a book first. It's a voodoo shark in that. It's not, it's it's so there was this whole subplot that was supposed to be involved in Jaws the Revenge on this Caribbean island where on the Caribbean island, this voodoo witch doctor guy sort of basically brings the shark to them and like he sets his curse upon the brodies to take them out i don't know the quite the depth of how far this story goes because i haven't read the book but yeah so that would make more sense to me in that film of why it's particularly hunting them as people and why it was the shark from the first film that made a miraculous recovery so that's the actual idea behind jaws of revenge 
but I had no idea they originally intended it to be George, uh, Bruce. Yeah, it was. It was. It's wild. I, uh, at what point? Who in that? Who in that production booth and that writing booth went? Oh, what'd be really cool is we brought the shark back. Why was there no one in there who went? Um, I don't know if you've seen the first movie. You blew it up. It's it's now tuna. You can't bring that shit back. <laughs> um, there is a really scary element to Deep Blue Sea, and it is that being trapped underwater. I've got yeah. one of my fears would be drowning. That's probably got to be the worst thing I can possibly imagine, not being able to get back to the surface. And I've done scuba diving. I'm, I'm quite happy to go like free diving. I, I'm good at holding my breath. And the thought of being caught and not being able to get up, there's times I've dived too deep and I've sort of got to the surface as I need to take a breath. And it's like that. <gasps> And the thought of yeah. getting to that point and not reaching the surface is fucking terrifying. It's scary, isn't it? It really is. I, water, especially the ocean in general, terrifies me more than anything, I think. Yeah, see, I, I'm not as scared of the ocean as I probably should be. So we live by the sea. We quite often go down the beach. Last weekend, we went down the beach and I went, I don't know, 50 metres out and but that doesn't bother me at all. And when I'm 50 meters out, I'll dive down and have a rummage around on the bottom, see if I can find anything. And I'm, I'm cool with that. Obviously it's not that deep, but yeah, I, I, I'm okay with the Sounds ocean. pretty deep. Uh, 50 it, meters is deep, man. No, no, 50 meters out, not 50 meters oh, right, down. Okay. I, I, I'm not the Titan submersible. I can't go that deep. <laughs> ah, I was going to say, man, I was like, that, that is a way down, man. Yeah, that's like, that's like Olympic free diving. I'm not that good. I get, I get yeah, like when I'm like, on holiday and stuff, I can do like three, four meters max, man, and then my ears start. Yeah, that, that's about where I'm talking, and we're not talking deep. <laughs> Let's do some scores <laughs> for this. So the listeners have said, 57% of them said Jaws was scary. So that's 5.7 points for Jaws, which leaves a respectable 4.3 for Deep Blue Sea. Um I'm going to score Deep Blue Sea a 9 I out of 10. I disagree with that strongly. Really? Yeah, yeah. I disagree with that. Okay. I think Deep Blue Sea is miles scarier than Jaws. Well, I'm, uh, my score will please you. I'm going to give Deep Blue Sea a 9 out of 10. Okay, that is fair. Because it, it is a scary concept and, yeah, trapped underwater. No, thank you. Yeah. And I'm definitely not paying $250,000 to get trapped there. <laughs> <laughs> What are you scoring Jaws? I'm going to score Jaws a three out of five. Um, the reason why my score is so low for Jaws is because they bring that on themselves. Like, they're all on land. They could just stay out of the beach. Eventually, it'll find no food and it'll leave. They actively go out and put themselves in danger in that film. So I have no sympathy for them. Well, yeah, okay. I, I, I get it. Um, do you want a score update? Yes, please. Hit me with it. Deep Blue Sea currently has 84 points. Nice. Jaws has 87.3. This this is a lot closer than I was expecting it to be. (laughs) And I'm being very fair as well, I think. I I am. And we've always said this. Whenever we do something like this, we will always be fair because otherwise it's not entertaining for people and it's just 
it's just us trying to destroy the other person. And there's there's no point to that. You don't get anything from that. No. Um, I do feel that I'm going to play a message, though, to kind of even up things a bit because I feel a little bit, I feel under pressure. Um, so this message coming from Angel, Voices from the Mausoleum. I'm not even believing any of this is even happening. I used to think, you know, Scott was like the biggest troll for the show. But now I'm starting to wonder <laughs> if it might not be Scott, if in fact Mark is the troll of the show because in what alternate fucking reality is deep blue sea even comparable to jaws first of all we're not even going based off the fact that deep blue sea probably wouldn't even exist if there hadn't been a million other shark movies before it to set the stage for its semi-success right i can acknowledge that deep blue sea is a super entertaining movie and i really love it it's one of my favorites how dare you how dare you put that above Jaws? And anyone who says that it is, that it's better than Jaws, that it's superior in any way, this is not a matter of opinion. You're just wrong. Man, I feel like I've just been told off by my mother. <laughs> <laughs> and that is how you get your ass handed to you by Angel. Holy shit, that terrified me. <laughs> <laughs> so Angel knew we were bickering about this, and I put a tweet out, and she messaged me like, is this for real? Is this an actual thing that you're going to debate? I was like, yeah, she went, I'm messaging you right now. And like two <laughs> seconds later, I got that message. Oh, fuck you. Yeah. Honestly, that was absolutely horrifying. I was really embarrassed with myself. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> Good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you for that, Angel. Yeah. On that note, I think it's only fair that I hit you back with another voice message that I have for you. I, I, I'm amazed you have more than one. I'm not going to lie. Oh, of course. And I went where I knew it would hurt you the most as well this time. My argument as to why Deep Blue Sea is the superior film, I'm just going to say, the cast alone. Okay, you got Samuel L. Jackson. You got Michael Rappaport. You got a Scars guard. You got LL Cool J. You got Thomas Shane. Uh, enough said, okay? It's just a better movie. Jaws, it's a bit of a sleeper. It's pretty boring. The shark is extremely <laughs> fake, not terrifying, and the mayor is an absolute dick face. Okay, that's it. That that's my opinion. Wow, of course it's been Heather. We know, we know for well that's not it. Heather came back for another message. No. I'd also like to add that Jaws just gets a lot of praise because of the nostalgia. That's the only reason why. Again, Deep Blue Sea. It just hits me different. 99, motherfuckers, that's when it came out. Jaws, you got the 70s. I just can't, okay? I'm not a big fan of 70s movies. Um, this is not an attack against Scott. It so is. Sorry, it <laughs> definitely is. the winner for me, man. Love you guys. There you go. Eat that cake. Wow. I hate Twilight. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's brutal. I I, I kind of get what she's saying, but to say that it's a sleeper, Jaws is not a boring movie at all. No, I don't think so. Personally, I I find it rather entertaining, but that doesn't win me any points. So, cheers, Heather. No. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Heather. <laughs> um, let's do special effects um, again. You had Dewey Pod Monster waded in on this. LL Cool J needs no special effects. He really likes LL Cool J. He does. There's definitely a serious man crush going on with LL Cool J. So, yeah, apparently LL Cool J needs no effects. I'll, I'll agree with that. He doesn't. He's awesome. No, no, he's an awesome guy. Um, effects in Deep Blue Sea, there are some that are great. 
like when the shark is in the like raised pen and it's thrashing around looks fabulous when the shark picks the man up on the gurney and then throws him like a tennis ball at the glass screen not so good yeah they have a real issue with scaling as well in this film um you've got i think it's called gen 2 or gen 1 you've got three sharks anyway you've got one Gen 1, which is like the main big daddy one, and then you've got two Gen 2 sharks, which is obviously the baby of the big shark. Um, the scaling of it's very weird. Like, throughout most of the film, it's a fairly decent-sized shark, but then right at the end, when Thomas Jane is, like, shark surfing, it's this thing looks like the size of a planet. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, wow, that's, that's not cool. And then... So, yeah, I mean, the CGI is a bit wonky in Deep Blue Sea. I can't defend it in that, but there is a lot of cool stuff in there as well like one of the main ones that i always remember which is my favorite bit is when they're in that elevator shaft and the water's slowly rising and they've got the fire on the top and then that yeah. shark busts through the door and it's basically like a little swimming pool and he's just circling at the bottom and it looks fucking fantastic yeah see i love the where he loses his arm yes that's really cool the, the fact that like they've succeeded and he sits down to like light a cigarette and then he, as he goes to light it the shark bites his hand. He's going to light it with us. Like, at least bite the other arm. At least let him light his cigarette. <laughs> there was a real interesting YouTube video I watched the other day about Jaws of Revenge. Um, and some guy, some VH, VF, VFX artist yeah. on YouTube, he basically, the end scene in Jaws where they're fighting in the little yellow submarine. Yeah. And you've got the really poor CGI graphics and like, it's puppetry shark, but it's like it, its tail doesn't move. It just looks like a styrofoam shark across a wall. Yeah, he digitally rend- yeah, he digitally rendered over the top of all of it. Man, it looks incredible. Like, seriously, it looks amazing. I wish he would do that for the full film. But it also got me thinking. I was like, I wonder if he could do that for some of the poorer elements of Deep Blue Sea to enhance that. I would love to see him take it and provide like a, a definitive cut with decent visual effect i might reach out to this guy anyway and see if he can do it for me <laughs> it would take center stage in my shelf if i owned it uh, uh, I, I don't necessarily have an issue with the special effects in deep blue sea some of them are ropey but the movie's solid enough that it carries it yeah uh, and yeah. i i i kind of anything from the 90s i accept that the special effects are going to be bad in places especially as this movie had like a hundred fucking visual effects companies work on it and at the end of the day i always implore people to try new things and that's one thing that i liked about jaws 3d yeah it wasn't successful but at least they tried to do something new and innovative and i and i applaud them for that the same with deep blue sea i think that there was some very very cool stuff here that worked and some that clearly didn't or unless it did at the time but it just hasn't held up very well to their standards yeah i mean um... the samuel jackson death scene is pretty poor when you go back and watch it more so once he's actually taken down but and then the other two sharks come in from the side and rip him to pieces yeah but it's overshadowed by the fact that it's samuel l jackson's death and you've got this they just killed samuel l jackson yeah but at the same time though when michael rapaport dies later on in the film and his leg is like flailing around the water and he's doing like the leg twitch thing that looks great still that still looks pretty cool yeah and then you've got jaws where I will say it now, the special effects in Jaws are not good. They're really, really not. And I kind of think that adds to it because the the mechanical sharks they had 
all failed when they put them in the water because they didn't realize they needed to be watertight to go in the ocean. Um, when, they, when they all failed, they had to find new ways of filming by hiding the shark. And that helps Jaws. If these sharks worked and you had scenes of full mechanical sharks swimming through the water, I don't think it would be as good. No, and I, I agree with you there. And one thing about Jaws for me is the fact that I think it's a godsend that it actually did fail because yeah. Spielberg went on, on to create some really interesting and clever ideas in order to create fear and tension without actually showing you the monster. I, I, I don't know, because I've watched all these this week. I don't know if I'm going to get confused now, but the which one is it where the fisherman walks out onto the dock and the dock collapses? That's the first one, isn't it? Yes. It yes. is, and then you don't see the shark, but like the string from his fishing rod or something oh, like that. Or is that the sec? That might be the second one. Start of the second one. No, start. Start. And then the, the dog starts getting flailing about in the water. The pier like drags through the water, and you don't see the. Sh- I think it is the second one. It is the second one. Yeah, because it he, might be the second one. Yeah, it is because he's because you same. don't see the shark, but you see the pier going out in the water. And then yeah. all of a sudden it stops and turns and then the pier starts floating back to let you know that the shark has changed direction in the water. It's yeah. like, that's awesome because you know it's coming, but you can't see it. But they've used a really clever technique to highlight what it's doing underwater without showing it. Yeah. And, and stuff uh, like that makes it impressive for me. I think. All of the hiding of special effects and practical effects work best when you only see a little bit. Yeah, definitely. definitely. The, the more you show, the less impressive it is. And I then think that, so. And that goes for practical effects. It goes for special effects. This is just my opinion. Like, for example, Terrifier 2. I love that movie. You could cut 10 minutes of the practical effects out of that movie. And I think it's more impactful by just giving us a flash of it, as opposed to us seeing Art the Clown juggle organ sat on the bed. But again, I think every film has its audience, you know, and I feel like Terrifier has its audience for those reasons because it goes down that avenue. The same way that Jaws has its, its audience because it doesn't showcase those things. And the, way, the same way that Deep Blue Sea has its audience because it is very in-your-face and graphic and over-the-top popcorn yeah. fun. You know, they're very contrasting movies if you want to separate them in those aspects. Yeah, and I was surprised how the listeners went with this. So 82% thought that deep blue sea's visual effects were better i mean you know i love my deep blue sea that's why i'm here in the first place but i i can't say i honestly agree with that decision uh, i'll take it i'll take the win but i, I thought don't you would. necessarily agree with it. <laughs> yeah i don't necessarily agree with it um what do you score jaws for effects uh i'm going to score jaws a four out of five okay um I'm going to score Deep Blue Sea a six because it has got some serious issues. It's got some really good effects, but there's lots of it. The one I always go back to is the guy who's like plucked from the helicopter and then like swam down to the big glass thing and pushed against it from the second the shark, like when the shark's in the water and it's dragging the helicopter and everything on the surface looks great. As soon as you come under the water, it's like, that looks terrible. And then when he hits the glass and you get the visual effects of the glass cracking and the glass, that whole scene is just like a mishmash of special effects that just fall apart for me. Everything yeah. else is great, but that one scene is just they could have done they could have done that glass breaking, for example, practically. Yeah. 
I know it would have cost more, probably cost more money, but they could have done that and it would have made such a difference. Again, yeah, you're right. I think so. There's a lot of problems with Deep Blue Sea in terms of visual effects. But again, 1999, this probably looked outstanding. I remember watching this and being mesmerized by it when it first came out. But yeah, going back, I... what we now, 24 years later, and yeah, of course, it's not going to hold up to the likes ah, of Endgame is that, and all that. Is that how stuff. old it is now? Wow. 24 years, man. 24 years since Deep Blue Sea came out. Wow, that's terrifying. Um, let's move into best story. I'm going to assume all of our listeners know the story of Jaws <laughs> and Deep Blue Sea. If they don't, I'm borrowing a segment from Let's Talk Horror Channel from BP. Um, I haven't asked him, but I'm sure he'll be okay with it. If you're not BP, message me. I'm sorry. Um, so on BP show, he does a Google synopsis for each movie. So I'm going to do that now for you. So the Google synopsis of Deep Blue Sea. On an island research facility, Dr. Susan McAllister is harvesting brain tissue of DNA altered sharks as a possible cure for Alzheimer's disease. When the facility's backers send executive Samuel L. Jackson to investigate the experiments, a routine procedure goes awry as the shark starts attacking researchers. Now with the sharks outnumbering their human captors, McAllister and her team must figure out a way to stop them and escaping into the ocean and breeding. Brilliant. It's, it's not that even, is fucking awesome. It's not even close to the movie. The sharks do not outnumber the humans at all. I mean, they do by the time we get to the end. Yeah, but by the end, <laughs> when they've eaten everyone, but to start with, there's like 12 humans and three sharks. Yeah. Yeah, bad. Yeah, okay, bad, um, bad, bad synopsis. But still, Jaws, the general overall message is that. Yeah, Jaws is worse. Uh, when a young woman is killed by a shark while skinny dipping near New England, a tourist town called Amity Island... Police chief Martin Brody wants the closure of the beaches, but Mayor Larry Vaughan overrules him, fearing the loss of tourist revenue. Tourist revenue would cripple his town. Matt Hooper and a grizzled sea captain Quint offer help to Brody to capture the beast, and the trio engage on an epic battle of man versus nature. Yeah, I mean they missed out a few key points, but that's pretty much the gist. <laughs> you keep, they skipped the whole movie. Uh, <laughs> according to according to that synopsis, the shark killed one person, and three people went out to kill it. How many people did it kill? It killed the girl at the beach at the beginning. Yeah, then killed the little boy. Yeah, which is still horrific to watch. It killed the boat of fishermen. Yeah, and then it killed Rum Tum Tucker, and that's it, isn't it? Yes. You, you and you the girl do... dies off screen a bit. Kind of. You do get one of the best jump scares in any horror movie. And it, I got oh, my boys to watch draw the head out of the boat. Gets me every time. Yeah. Still gets me. Brilliant. Yeah. Really, and really it, cool. Uh, happy accident as well, because Steven Spielberg wasn't in for doing that. And it was one of the basically visual effects artists. But let, let me try it. You could shoot it. If you don't like it, don't do it. He'd done it. And Steven Spielberg like jumped. As he filmed it, and went, yes, <laughs> we're keeping that. <laughs> One thing that always blows my mind about this film is it was a PG when it came out. Yeah. That's insane. I mean, again, with the poltergeist as well, though, it's like, what the fuck was going on in the 70s and 80s? <laughs> yeah, mad. It's like I shared a I shared a fact about poltergeist today that like, they use real skeletons in the pool scene. I'd like people yeah, to be like, like that, that's insane. Like, I think the 70s and the 80s to make movies was kind of a just do what you like. No one really cares. Yeah. Just, just get on with it. And Yeah, parents really didn't give a shit about the kids. They were just letting kids in at cinemas anywhere, regardless of the age rate and stuff. 
Yeah, and again, I still find this insane in the US. Like, you can take a four-year-old to go watch Terrifier 2 if you want. Yeah, that's crazy. I, I find it bizarre. I just, I just don't get it. Like we yeah. had like we had like an underground railroad of VHS tapes when I was a kid. So like yeah, someone would get a copy of like Robocop that they'd nicked from their mum and that would get passed around the school and everyone over like a three week period watched Robocop and then it was returned <laughs> before the parents <laughs> noticed. And then like the next week someone would bring in like I don't know, like Friday the thirteenth and that would do the rounds. And that's how I watched <laughs> horror movies at like the age of ten and eleven. We had like this, like this smuggling ring of of, (laughs) of eighteen rated horror movies through my school. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, And now you think, like, for my kids, if they want to watch anything, all they need is a parent not to be here and the TV controller. That's all they need. Yeah, you literally can watch anything. I mean, like when we were growing up and when we were kids, like films weren't on TV at a certain time of day. Do you know what I mean? Like, you'd have to get to, like, 10, 10, 30 before there'd be anything that showed boobs or bloodshed. Which... Whereas now you could scroll through Sky and you could probably pick up, like, Freddy versus Jason at 9 o'clock in the morning on one of the channels. Yeah. Yeah, exactly that. And you can go straight on Google and you can get tips anytime you want. And with the likes of streaming services such as Netflix and Shudder and all the rest of it, you've just got unlimited content at any time of day whenever you want it. Yeah. Whereas we had to fucking work for it. Well, yeah, it's serious, <laughs> serious shifts to get our content back in the day. Um, storylines for these, I, I'm not going to lie. Deep Blue Sea has got a better storyline than Jaws. Yeah. It's and again, though, that's that's unfair to say to Jaws. I think because Jaws at its core concept is a more grounded and realistic pr- approach to an encounter with a great white shark. Most shark films only need a basic premise. You're talking. 47 meters down you're talking shallows you're talking jaws i mean you don't need to elevate these stories to new heights in order for it to be impactful but if so you're to, gonna do it go balls to the wall like genetic sharks. yeah, <laughs> yeah if, if you're gonna if you're gonna exactly, change the yeah. premise don't just make it like the shark's extra aggressive make it that the shark can swim backwards it recognizes guns it will actively try to sink an underwater facility to get to eat you. That, that That's how far you go with it. Well, this is how far they go with it. The reason that it sinks a facility in the first place is because the chain link fences around the compound are made with titanium below the level of yeah. the ocean. But then above the ocean, it's made out of just standard steel. And now, it can one get thing it. that always blows my mind is the fact that they found out that they, they sank this little underwater compound in the entire ocean. It was going to raise the ocean sea level. Like this one little building in the middle of the ocean. It was like, oh, if we sink this, this is going to raise the whole entire ocean. Yeah, it was heavy. Enough for us to break through this fucking fence. Really, really I mean, to be fair, I watched it again. I always used to have a bugbear with that actual little subplot. But it was this time around recently that I caught it when they, when I can't remember the name of the girl who's in the radio tower at the top. It comes on the news about the hurricane coming in and it says it's actually going to raise the ocean floor. Yeah. The ocean's level ocean 30%. Swell. Yeah. But it's I think it's Thomas Jane's character who then comes up with the idea that it's the sharks have sank the facility on purpose to raise the level of the ocean. I was like, man, you have been an intelligent dude throughout this whole fucking film. Don't say something so stupid. <laughs> and I've got to say, that's something that's unique to Jaws and Deep Blue Sea. All of the characters make really clever choices throughout. 
Yeah. The, the only one who makes a, a slightly suspect decision is the female researcher who goes to get her research. But yeah. beyond that, every decision in both movies is very much a, a logical decision of this makes sense to do that. And I'm doing this with the minimal risk to myself. And I really appreciate that. Yeah, I think so. Scores. Listeners are starting to really fucking narc me now. 71% think Deep Blue Sea is better. Gives you 7.1 points. <laughs> Leaves me with a measly 2.9. Um, Brilliant. I'm going to score the Deep Blue Sea storyline a 9 out of 10, which right. hurts me. Hurts me a lot. What are you giving Jaws? I'm giving Jaws a five. I know everybody thinks that Jaws is a basic premise, but I have to disagree strongly. I think it's a film based on character development and character interactions more than it is the shark, something that is heavily focused upon in Jaws and is done flawlessly, in my opinion. As I've already said, I think a film like this only needs a basic premise for it to be successful, which Jaws is. It needs no more than what it gives us. If you are going to go balls to the wall, like we've said, get genetically modified sharks or stick them in a tornado. That's all you need to do. Or both. Oh, both. That's the crossover. I want a shark that's spun into a tornado that when it lands, like, next to a swimming pool, it knows that it needs to, like, lump itself into the pool to survive. Yeah, or, like, if you just take the shark from Deep Blue Sea and it's, like, genetically modified and it just rides around on the top of the tornado, like, fucking that brain from what's in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles just controlling all the other sharks <laughs> below it. <laughs> Don't say it too loud, because I'm pretty sure that that could end up actually being... Shark Nano 12. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've got two categories left, so we're going to take a pause, and we're going to do three-word review and name a better shark movie. Well, I think it's time for three-word review. Yeehaw! So, three-word reviews was a real mix, and three-word reviews has happened over a long period of time. So, I don't know when all of these come in. I've done three-word review for Jaws when we've done the Jaws episode. I've done a three-word review for Deep Blue Sea. I've done a three-word review on TikTok. I didn't keep track of where these all come from, just the accounts. Um, so, Deep Blue Sea first. Video Tasties. Mark knows nothing. Ooh. <laughs> That's his review of Deep I feel Blue like that Sea. was more of a personal attack on me than it was the film. <laughs> ah, uh, it's fine, though, because you've got backup. Skellington fan, what Mark says. <laughs> uh, you've got uh, Body Bag Podcast, not that deep. Michael in Woodsboro, that poor bird. Yeah, that poor bird. Yeah, I, I, I felt sorry for, for that bird. Um, they're both horror podcasts. Uh, sorry, no, uh, Michael and Woodsboro is a horror account. Uh, body is he bag talking podcast. about the parrot or is he talking about the doctor? No, the parrot. The parrot. Uh, Just Enough is talking about the doctor. Uh, did her dirty. I kind of agree. She fought and survived all the way through and then done the ultimate sacrifice at the end. She should have survived. I hate to say it. She should have. But she was responsible for the entire thing. Yeah, but she... <sighs> Hair and Skarsgård anyway, but he got his comeuppance pretty early on. He got it really early on. Um, they're one third of the Let Us In podcast. Uh, Vlad the Vampire, fucking good movie. And they're a vampire account. What i done now is instead of doing three word reviews for, for Jaws, because we've done that before on the show, I asked you what movies were, what shark movies were better than Jaws. I basically put up a very antagonistic post. It was borderline mean to make you mad. 
Jaws is the best shark movie ever. You can't tell me otherwise. And like <laughs> the keyboard warriors went into fucking rage mode. We fucking can. <laughs> um, so we've got uh, creepy history, history class. Who's Veronica wrong. The best shark movie ever made is Sharknado. No, it's not. It's Sharknado 2. It's Sharknado 3. Oh, no, I don't know if it is. They're both <laughs> great. They are they, both fantastic. Are. We, we need Sharknado 4 at some point. Yes, that has to be our next show soon. Uh, we've got Cecil Candybottom. Rob Zombie's remake of Jaws would be better than the original. Just saying. No. I, I, I'm behind this. I would love to see Rob Zombie remake Jaws. Can you get a hillbilly shark? No, but you can set it near a coast in a hillbilly town and have Sherry Moon Zombie in a bikini for the entire movie. That would work. You just get a shark coming out of the ocean in a pair of denims with a do-rag hanging out of the back pocket. Tattoos on his fins. <laughs> Tattoos on his fins. Staying <laughs> cunt every now and again. <laughs> yeah, instead of when the person gets pulled in the water, instead of them going to help, it's a nine-year-old boy who goes, get off me, you cunt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got the sinister scoop santa jaws uh but really 47 meters down uncaged is better uh, i liked uncaged it was it was good is that no that's the sequel isn't it that's the sequel yeah i enjoyed i enjoyed both of those movies the sequel's bad though cgi and that at the end is fucking god awful but it's yeah. a good film up until that point i think yeah i found it so really interesting about cgi so when they like go to do a cgi like when they go out to like these cgi companies they bid per scene or per frame so they'll bid a certain amount for visual effects per frame but they don't know what's required in the frame so like some of them might be like cgi like something out in the background take some wires out and the next frame might be we want thirty-five thousand different effects but they don't know they just bid per frame which is so why who's bidding get... the production company, the, the, the CGI company's bidding to win. The, yeah, they're they're the bidding, job. they're bidding to win, and all they get is a total amount of frames, and that's what they bid on. But what, so they... what in terms of bidding, like, what do you mean? Like, they're paying to have the rights to be able to work on the film, or no? So, like, for example, let's say they're making a modern day, day Jaws, they will go out to fifty VFX companies, and they'll go, "We have seven thousand frames that require CGI." And that company will go, we will do it for X amount. And they all put in a quote for uh, it, but they right, don't okay. know what's contained within the frames they're, they're trying to win until right, they get I the see. job, which is why we get so many movies that have got subpar CGI. Uh, that makes more sense. Because they get it through and they're like, fuck, you want all of that? We can't afford that. Give it to the intern. <laughs> Give it to Billy. <laughs> Billy will do it. Billy the intern. Um, we've got Adam Willow, 88. A movie that's better than Jaws, Deep Blue. I can't. I can't. I can't even joke about that. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> Can you say that account name again? I need to know who to block after this. <laughs> uh, Mark and Pell. Only one comes close, and that's The Shallows. And behind that is Open Water. I've never seen Open Water. As someone who likes shark films as much as I do, I hear that that's like the Blair Witch Project in Open Water. Yeah, open water is very much more about the people than it is about the shark. The shark's a subplot at best. Is it found footage? Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's it, it, it's it's okay. I'm not I'm not I'm not a big fan. I'm not going to lie. It is okay. Um, before we do the last bits, so we've got two more bits to come. Uh, next is best scenes. 
uh, I'm going to do a message I got, which is actually in support of you. Oh, nice. See, I play fair. Unlike you, who's just reached out to people to deliberately hurt me. Uh, I, 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 I'm playing by the rules. So oh, I don't play by the rules. Well, no shit. Hi, guys. As I know, you are recording the epic battle next week of Jaws versus Deep Blue Sea. I thought I'd like to just chime in and put in my opinion. Uh, obviously, you know, it goes without saying that Deep Blue Sea is the best. And the reason I'm saying this has nothing to do with the fact that uh, I owe Mark one. He <laughs> um, wasn't could... supposed to say that bit. <laughs> so that is um, This Girl Loves Horror. Uh, would you like to explain that you cashed in a favour to get someone to support you? Well, so what it was, was I had a load of DVDs kicking about, and obviously she collects DVDs. So I sent her out a load of DVDs. I was like, oh, here, have these. And she's like, oh, nice one. Cheers for that. I owe you one. And I was like, yeah, you do. And then I've waited and I've waited and I cashed it in. I was like, oh, I know you're Team Jaws, but you owe me a favor. So it's time <laughs> to pay your debt. You are a bad friend. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect her to turn around and say that. <laughs> I massively threw you under the bus. <laughs> Massively. Yeah, just to clarify, she is 100% Team Jaws, and that did not go as I intended it to. No, and, and when I got that message, I laughed so hard for so long. I was like, that's so good. And I, I bet when you messed her earlier, oh, did you send Scott that message? She went, yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's do best scene. So my favourite scene, we're doing each other's movies, but for this, we're going to do both movies. So... My favourite scene from shark, uh, from Jaws is where the shark eats Quint. Great. I, l- I love Quint's death. And from Deep Blue Sea, there's only one scene that even gets in the same calibre. It's Samuel L. Jackson's death. Cool. What What's yours? Um, my favourite scene from Jaws, as I've already said, I think this is a character development um, film rather than the shark film. And my favourite scene from Jaws is when they're all drinking on the boat and sharing stories and scars and developing that sort of bond up until that point they've all kind of been especially towards Rumtum Tucker they've always been a little bit keeping him at arm's length away from the group but it feels like they all kind of come together before they go into the final battle and I think it's a really heartwarming scene especially when what's his actual name I can't keep calling him Rumtum Tucker Robert Shaw no the character oh Quint Quint yeah Quint especially when he starts going into the stories about the USS um, the submarine that he was on and they was all out in the ocean and the sharks started picking them out and he was like, oh, they started out with like 300 of us in the water and only 30 of us came out. I mean, so, so good. And we talk about actors and their Oscar-worthy performances. I think the three of them in that scene in particular is just, I could watch that whole sequence on repeat all day long, I think. I find it that entertaining. Really, really good stuff from them in that film. Yeah, and swimming with bow-legged women. What more do you want? Exactly. And they all start singing sea shanties together and stuff. I'm like, oh, this is just fantastic. It's really, really <laughs> heartwarming stuff. Yeah. Um, Deep Blue Sea? Deep Blue Sea, as I've already mentioned, my favourite sequence in Deep Blue Sea is when they get into the stairway elevator lift shaft. The shark breaks in at the bottom and then the ladder falls down and 
that woman falls under and the shark bursts through from underneath and lifts her into the water. And Tom Jones trying to trying to catch her like cliffhanger, like Stan Stallone from Cliffhanger. But it's just it all looks very, very cool. And they get to the point where the ladder's broken, they can't reach the next lift, and they're like, This is it, we're done. We're kind of just gonna sit here and be shark food. And then Ladies Love Cool James comes busting through the door to save the day. Bearing in mind that no one's giving a shit about the fact that he's down there on his own up until this point. <laughs> no, the thing is, he doesn't bust in. He kind of like opens the door and looks up. It's like, you're all right. <laughs> really cool. It's just it's like they get to the point where there's just no hope left, and they've all just feel completely defeated. Um, it's always my favorite sequence. I think it looks visually really, really cool with the fire on the surface of the water above them and the water slowly rising from beneath. I think it's a, the best sequence in that entire film. Yeah. Um, we got the listeners to chime in with their favourite scenes. Uh, Eric 82, uh, Brody chum in the water when the shark jumps out and he takes his arm off. That's so cool because you just see the colour leave his face as he slowly walks backwards into the boat. Yeah. Because like, he, he chums the water and then he stands up as like, he's got, still got his fag hanging out of his mouth. He's like, shit. <laughs> yeah, he, he doesn't like run anyway. He just slowly walks backward till he hits something. It's, it's like What's the hook because I always misquote the line as well. Is it we're going to need a bigger boat or you're going to need a bigger boat? You're going to need a bigger boat. Going to need a bigger boat. Yeah. yeah, very cool stuff. Yeah, uh, Lumberjay reviews. Uh, Jay agrees with you. The ladder scene when the water's rising and the sharks are circling. Yeah, man. Um, Jim from Jim's Retro Emporium. Samuel L. Jackson's death, motherfucker. It's exactly what it's exactly what he wrote. <laughs> uh, Mondo Street SC uh, also agree with you on their Jaws one, uh, the USS Indianapolis story. That's the one, Indianapolis. Uh, Dewey Pod Monster, who I'm starting now to believe has a very unhealthy obsession with LL Cool Jam, possibly needs <laughs> help. Um, all of the scenes with LL Cool J. <laughs> Oh, I want to know what posters this guy's got up in his house. I think lots of LL Cool J just with like his bandana and a pair of boxer shorts. That's what I'm picturing. Yeah. His ringtone, his mama said, knock you out. <laughs> I'm going to knock you out. <laughs> <laughs> um, all the scenes are great. There's great scenes in both. Uh, I- I'm just going to give us both a five. Yeah, agreed. I think that's um, a fair score for that one. It wouldn't be a complete episode unless we'd done some facts, so let's do that. Hey, Scoob, it's time for facts, bro. So, Steven Spielberg named the shark Bruce. Do you know why? No, I actually don't know why. It was the name of his lawyer. Why did his lawyer kept fucking everything up as well? Because his shark <laughs> caused a lot of problems. On the no, it, his lawyer was a shark. That's, oh. why, he, that's why he called it Bruce. Um oh. Some of the sets were built on top of um, Baja studio tanks um, designed to submerge. Others were built on sound stages um, to put like fish tanks outside of them to put portholes in them when they made the underwater facilities. So basically they built half of it on top of a big water tank and then they built the rest of it on the sides of the water tank. So when they're looking out through portholes, they're looking into the water tank where the rest of the set is built on top. If yeah. you get any aerial shots of the the set of Deep Blue Sea, it's a really impressive set, like really impressive. I'll have to Google after this. Going way off topic again at the moment, we, you're talking about impressive sets and shark movies. You shared that picture of the shallow set 
on your Instagram page yeah. the other day, and it looked like a giant pool that they just built in the middle of somebody's street. Like it looks like yeah. it should be set up in the bottom of a cul-de-sac. So it's awesome! The... I thought that was actually filmed on water. Uh, yeah, they filmed some of it on water, but like anything that was even remotely dangerous, they done in that tank. Yeah, that's such a cool tank as well, man. That looks so good. I couldn't believe it when I seen uh, it. And it was on a studio lot in LA that backed onto a residential estate. Yeah, so imagine just like waking up and opening your curtains in the morning. It's just like leg lively fighting CGI sharks in your back garden. <laughs> that would be it. Would be a very cool day. I, I yeah, would take that... I would take the day off that day just to get lots of photos and videos to share on my Instagram. I may make that a reality one day if I win the lottery. <laughs> what? <laughs> Blake Lively in your back garden. Blake Lively in a water tank in my back garden. That sounds sounds but, money worthy, I think. It's a, it's a big lottery win. Nah. She ain't doing much these days. She is married to Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, she's just riding on his tailcoats. <laughs> um, I'll buy Wrexham. <laughs> buy Wrexham. Well, the whole of Wrexham. No, the football club. <laughs> Not being funny, for the money Ryan Reynolds has got, he could have bought the entirety of Wrexham. He still might. There's, he's coming very attached at the moment. Yeah, he is. Um, three mechanical sharks or three bruises were made. Um, each of them had special functions. Um, one sort of that, so they could do different things. Every single shark died within 10 minutes of being in the water. And each shark, bear in mind, this was the 70s, cost $250,000 of Steven Spielberg's budget. How the hell does it cost that much money? I could watch a YouTube video and build that shark myself for less than 50 quid. But you couldn't have done in the 70s. No, possibly not. But still, Uh, 250 grand is a lot of money for something like that. When we talk about films and people spending money, it's like, oh, we spent this amount on, on practical effects budget. It's like... Where? Where has that money gone to? I mean, what kind of wages are the people working on these productions on? A lot, I'm guessing. Yeah, so. Clearly, clearly, because the budget just gets zapped on stupid stuff in these films. Uh, so Mike Loves Movies uh, made a comment on a post about the wine in the opening scene of Deep Blue Sea where the shark's attracted to the wine. Yeah. And we said, no, it's not. It was it was already coming to attack the boat. So during the opening scene, it's implied that the shark become more aggressive when it was attacking the boat because of the blood-like wine that spilled off the boat. But the shark would not mistake that for a smell of blood. He knows that that's wine. So it would make sense that its enhanced brain would mean that it was ignoring its instincts and relying on basically smells that that is a smell of the human world Therefore, I know humans are on this boat. Therefore, I'm going to keep attacking it. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, really, really cool. So they actually, as part of the movie script, they wrote that plot hole out because they knew someone was going to pick on it. Yeah, that's cool, though. Yeah. That was the intention originally. Because I just bypass it off as being like, no, he was already there. That's not the case. Yeah, but it started attacking because it realized something's dropped off of that that is not of my world. Therefore, there's something up there I can knock into the water and eat. Yeah. I thought that they were all going to get it at the beginning of that film as well. I was quite surprised to see them not. I kind of wish they had. I think that would have been a better opening, but then it kind of, they can't carry on with the research if that happens. No, of course. So the, the woman drowning um, in Jaws. So in the first scene, the woman being dragged under and she's drowning. Um, how do you think they made the sound effect for the drowning woman? 
Um, literally drowned a woman. <laughs> Not far off. So they laid her in a chair with her head back and they poured from a height water into her mouth while holding a microphone there. Sounds like some sort of Chinese water torture. So basically they waterboarded her to get that sound effect. <laughs> Man, the 70s are crazy. They were. Um, this is the only movie that Samuel L. Jackson had been in up until the 90s where he did not use his trademarked word, motherfucker. He Again, did... I feel like he was so close to doing it. He did, however, agree with the director that the line would still be used and he passed it to LL Cool J to deliver when he says, because I'm the meanest motherfucker in the valley, when he prays to God. So that was oh, Samuel yeah. L. Jackson's decision for him not to say it, because obviously he was going to die. He wanted everything that he was typecast about to be broken. So yeah. he gave that line to LL Cool J because he's like, it's still got to be in there. It can't not be in there. That that line is part of this. It must be there. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, really, really awesome. You ready for the final round? Yeah, I've got this. Are we having a, a score you, tally up? Do you want a score tally up now? Yes, please. Let's know what I need to do to get this. I feel like I must be massively in the lead at this point. Really? Yeah, I'm feeling pretty confident. The, the thing is, I think sometimes people think we're rigging these and I, I'm genuinely not. So like right now I'm adding them up with a calculator because my maths is bad. <laughs> yeah, don't be cheating. Make sure that shit's right. It, yeah, that's why I'm using a calculator. OK, so Deep Blue Sea has 117.3 points. Nice. Jaws has 108. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> is this going to be 2-0? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. but I don't know how well everybody would handle it if, if I actually won this. No, I, I don't, but we, we, we might find out. We've got, we've got one round, and I'm not going to lie, there's a bonus round. Oh, okay. There's always <laughs> so, some sort of fucking loophole um, with you. The one round is kind of completely pointless, which is why I created a, a bonus round. So the, the, the final round was... Given the choice, which movie would you rather watch? Thinking this would be the decider between the listeners. Um, we received the most votes we've ever received on a poll, and it was 50-50. Really? Yeah, which devastated me. I was like, how is this 50-50? But at the end of the day, man, I like Jaws. I, I do like Jaws. I think it's a great film. But I am watching Deep Blue Sea every time. Yeah. Yeah, I'm Will not. you agree? No, I definitely don't. Um, (laughs) I was going to say, no way, have you caved? So what I done is I went out to go and get additional points. I wanted to get additional points for both of us and get a lot of points. And the only way I could do that was to go through every poll, every post, every tweet, every TikTok, everything I've done, and count up all of the comments positive for Jaws and positive for Deep Blue Sea and award one point per positive comment. Oh, this ain't going to end well for me. Do do you not think? (laughs) No. (laughs) What what makes you say that? I've seen the onslaught I've been receiving online. But you... you, But you're only on Instagram, so you've not seen the the whole shebang. Right, okay. So we'll start with Twitter. Twitter, we don't get much interaction on, so don't just go, oh, no one likes them. Um, 
Twitter score this 11 points to two in favour of Deep Blue Sea. Oh, oh we have got this, man. <laughs> uh, TikTok score this 26 points to four in favour of Jaws. No. And finally, Instagram, which is our most engaged place by a country mile. Jaws. No, 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 yeah, we'll go Jaws. Jaws scored 76 points. I feel like this could be big for me here. Deep Blue Sea scored 53. Oh, I massively misjudged that situation then. (laughs) So I'm going to do the tallies now. And all the rain men out there already know exactly how this is going to play out. Yeah, see, I genuinely don't. I'm quite concerned here. Okay, so we've got the final scores. Man, you could cut through this tension with a knife. This is like pure <laughs> silence right now. I, 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 I've just written the scores down and even I'm looking at it again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Deep Blue Sea, 185.3 points. That's good. That's good. That's really high. Jaws, as if there was any doubt, 212 Fuck points. Off. No way. That was so much closer than I wanted that to be. I'll be so, honest with you, man. I expected this to be a landslide in your favour. And, so I, and, did and I. I say that as somebody who loves Deep Blue Sea, but I just know the passion that comes with the Jaws franchise from so many fans. Yeah, I, like I genuinely been. Um, I love Deep Blue Sea. I'm not going to say that I don't. I really, really enjoy it. I watch it fairly regular. I watch it at least once a year. Uh, probably I watch it probably as much as I watch Jaws. Yeah. And when I started seeing like this big wave for for Deep Blue Sea, I'm going, really, <laughs> really? And that, like some of the DMs I was getting, so like I'm getting messages like, oh, this is why Deep Blue Sea is better. And I'm like, but what about this? What about that? Like, yeah, no, but forget all of that. It's got Samuel L. Jackson in it. It's like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the irrational behavior of Deep Blue Sea fans like rivals the irrational behavior of Halloween fans. It's that kind Oh, yeah, of, it's insane. It's that level of, no, it is the best. No amount of telling me it's not will change my mind. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be quite gloaty here. I feel like you need it's it. One really, because <laughs> it's one all. It's one all. Best out of three. <laughs> we need to find something else to disagree on. We've not disagreed in a while. No, we haven't, actually. It might be a while. We'll let it run organically and we'll see where it comes out. But um, <laughs> No doubt we'll fall out about something I- imminently. Most probably, yeah. I can see that coming. But, yeah, I think we've been so heavily focused on Deep Blue Sea and Jaws for the past two years. Nothing else has really... <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else. I I don't think people realise. I think people. a lot of people think it's a bit for the show. But like our messages between each other, this comes up every day at some point. At least. Like, yeah. we'll be having I mean, a conversation. Speak, I probably speak to you more times than I speak to my wife throughout the day. And at some point, I'll just be talking about my general day. And you'll just throw some stupid insult at me about Deep Blue Sea for no reason. Yeah, and, and vice versa. Like, I'll be talking yeah. again. I watched this really good movie lo- 
last night. It was really no, I watched this really shit movie last night. And you're like, was it Jaws? <laughs> <laughs> and I, yeah. I, I'm kind of glad that that's over. Um, it probably won't. This will still continue. But... It, it will. I, we, we're tied up. We're, we're level, and I'm happy with that. Um, yeah. If you want to watch either of these movies, they're both available to rent every streaming service everywhere in the UK and the US. Guess the year has come to an end. And honestly, thank God. Yeah. For us, thank God. I know everyone's enjoyed it, but to keep track of Guess of the Year was such hard work. And just and if to you were like, oh, what are we going to do this week? And it'd be like, oh, yeah, let's do 1984. He's like, yeah, we can't. We did that two weeks ago. Like, oh, okay, yeah. then, well, let's do 1996. No, no, we can't. We did that one six weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. And it has been really hard and like really hard to keep track of because like sometimes I remember to put the answer box up, other times I don't. Some people DM me. Some people DM me on different social medias to keep track of it. It was really hard. It was fun while it lasted, but now it's over. Yes. We have a winner, a single winner. And to be fair, someone who should have had merchandise from us a fucking long time ago. So I've sent them additional merchandise. Uh, the winner is the one and only voice of the You Run podcast, Mr. Imitation Dave. Oh, well done, Dave. Um, Very so good da- winner. Dave has got some of our new merchandise. He's got a lovely You Run podcast T-shirt and he's got a man, the myth, the legend, Imitation Dave T-shirt with his, his oh, very own face on it. Um, he doesn't know that's coming yet because it hasn't arrived with him. So it's either going to arrive before this episode comes out or he's going to listen to this and know that I've used his face on merchandise without permission. <laughs> I hope he doesn't take off because that is a claim that I've ever had one. Uh, I'm not being funny. If they become the best-selling T-shirt, I'll quite happily split it with him. I don't probably do that at all. Um, <laughs> Next week, normal service will resume as we're returning to reviewing movies picked by you, and we're doing Demons from 1985. Um, First first watch for me, this one. First watch for me. I have already watched it by the time we have recorded this episode, but it was the first watch for me when I watched it. Yeah, me as well. Um, Yeah, we're going to have lots to say on Demons, I I know already. Yes, definitely. Uh, Until then, stay safe, be good, and remember, whores, you can tell them a mile away. We're not doing this at the end now. <laughs> Catch you all next week. Cheers, guys. See you next week. Before you forget, you want to die tonight? The cheaper, nastier, the better for me. Would you have stayed after this? Sorry, man. I was completely off guard there. He's in his coffin. He's the undead. This was the best bit of the film. This is not the last time someone's going to steal your man. Yeah, Mark's not a nice guy. I just he didn't notice this scene. It looks like he's got an extra leg. Yeah, I've got nothing. I've literally got nothing here. Surely that would be even worse. The more listeners we have, the worse that's going to be. Yeah, but I would just get a new phone. Oh, I tell a lie, actually. Yeah, because we used to have um, teletext. Art the Clown makes Michael Myers and Jason Voorhees look like pussies. I can only assume that this was due to budgetary reasons and they couldn't afford enough extras. Are you going to have Buster Rhymes in your list of characters? Mate, I can't believe you don't know Idle Hands. I'm going to ram my foot down this fucking front. It was awesome. It fucking wasn't <laughs> awesome! <laughs>